This evening we invite you back to the book of Titus chapter 3. The book of Titus chapter 3. We're going to read the first seven verses once again for your hearing. Titus chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior to man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading of these verses once again. We would once again just make mention of the breakdown of the passage. Verse 1 and 2 go together to make up one sentence. Verses, or verse 3 makes the second uh, a sentence. And then uh, verses 4 uh, through 7 makes that of the third uh, sentence in that of the passage. In the first one, the Apostle Paul, he uh, calls upon Titus to remind uh, the people uh, and to remind them with regards to that of their citizenship. Their citizenship here on earth. Uh, and how they needed to be that of good citizens in the community uh, which they lived. Uh, which he gave, uh, showed us uh, what that entailed. Uh, that of obedience to that of uh, uh, rulers, uh, to those who were in positions of power and authority, uh, to obey the laws of uh, the land. Uh, and he says to be ready to, for every good work. Uh, the epistle of Titus here, Paul speaks about that of good work several times. Uh, matter of fact, in this very chapter that we're uh, in, in verse number 8, he writes, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Uh, you'll note there he says uh, that those who believe might be careful to maintain good works. Be ready for every uh, good work. Uh, be willing to give of ourselves for that of uh, the good of the community, do things that would be uh, helpful uh, to that of the community. That's being a good uh, a citizen uh, of the community. And then as we came on down to verse number 3, Paul, he spoke of that of the past. He says, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceiving, deceived, serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. 
And you note that little word for there in verse number two or verse number three. Uh, that connects back up to that of verses one and two. And uh, whenever you see uh, that of a word uh, like for uh, uh, in a passage like this, most likely uh, Paul or whoever, whoever is the writer, he is going to give us uh, that of the basis of, uh, for what he has just said, a reason uh, for what he has just said. Now, Paul has uh, told Titus, remind the people to be good citizenship. Well, why? For. Here's the reason. Here's the reason why uh, he has given that of the, uh, uh, the command to Titus to remind the people. Uh, he says, for we ourselves also were sometimes. And then he goes on uh, to give that of uh, the description that is found there uh, in verse number three, which is, uh, of course, not a very uh, nice uh, description. Uh, and yet we have to face the facts uh, uh, Paul, he included himself uh, 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 in uh, the statement here as he gave the description, the sinful uh, condition that he uh, gave here in the t- uh, passage. Uh, and uh, he included Titus and those to whom Titus was to speak to. And so likewise, uh, whether we like it or not, we must also include ourselves uh, 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 in uh, that we. We need the command uh, or the exhortation to be good citizenship, uh, citizens because of what we were in our past. We were foolish, he says, disobedient, deceived, <coughs> enslaved, <coughs> malicious, envious, hateful, hating one another. As we said this morning, uh, Paul, uh, in other passages, he gives that of a description. He always reminds those to whom he's writing to uh, of uh, that of their past. Over in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 2, Paul, as he wrote to the saints at Ephesus, uh, in chapter 2, he says, says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all, we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust or the desires of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God, but God. Who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us? Even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together. Paul over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 gives a whole uh, a list uh, of, of sinful uh, uh, doings or acts. Uh, terrible acts. And he then says, such were some of you in, in writing to the Corinthians. He says, but, again, God had changed them. God had changed them. And that's basically what uh, Paul does again here uh, 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 in Titus, just as he did in Ephesians and in that of Corinthians. He reminds them of their past, uh, and he includes himself here, and then he gives 
that but. Where is where we want to pick up uh, tonight. But after that, the kindness and love of our God and Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. In this third section or the third statement that uh, we have here in our text, uh, Paul, he tells us that God has saved us. Whereas we were, as he said back in verse number three, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers of us and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and uh, hating one another. He saved us. Before, that was the past. But, He saved us. He saved us. Now, we want to look a little bit closer at these latter verses here uh, tonight. He says, but after that. But after that. It denotes a contrast, the but does. And it is a contrast which sets before us the difference which is night uh, uh, and day. Uh, but after, he says, that, after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared. Now that word appear means to give light or to show. It means to appear or to come into sight or view. Uh, to make known. And what Paul here is saying, it was after. But after that, what? What is he speaking of when he uses that word that? What, what, what is that pointing to? But after that, that is, that the kindness and love of God our, our Savior towards man appeared. He's, he's speaking of that of the kindness and love of God. He says, but after that was made known, after that was revealed to them, revealed to us, if you will think about it. What what. What brought the change about in that of our life? It was after we saw that of the darkness of that of our life. And after the goodness of God was shown to us, that of God's love for us. And that word kindness there, it speaks of that of generosity, that of goodness towards humanity and for that of the benefit of humanity. And in particular, uh, as we see it here, Paul is writing with regards to himself, that of Titus, and those to whom Titus is to speak about these things too. His kindness or his goodness. Paul, in speaking of that of God's goodness over in Romans chapter 2, uh, he speaks of God's goodness which leads to that of repentance. It was when God showed us that of our dark darkness of our life 
and that of His goodness, His generosity, that we were brought, beloved, to that of repentance. We saw, because our eyes were opened, we saw that of the darkness of our life, and we saw that of the goodness of God towards us. His generosity uh, uh, to us. And in so, it brought us to that of repentance. His kindness. But after that, the kindness and love of God. The word for love in the Greek word, in the Greek here denotes love for mankind. It's the Greek word philanthropia, phia, which has the meaning of affectionate concern for and interest in humanity. Uh, loving kindness uh, is uh, one of the definitions that's given for uh, that of this actual Greek word here. And the reference here is not the God the Son. God the Son is, is, is not God the Son's love that is being spoken of, spoken of here, but it is that of God's love. But after that, the kindness and love of who? God our Savior. God our Savior. Now, one might think, well, uh, Jesus is our Savior. Yes, He is. But also God in that of His, that of being our Father, He is also that of our Savior. God God the Father is the one that is being spoken of here. But after the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is not the only place where God uh, is spoken of as uh, that of our Savior. In the Old Testament, there are uh, uh, several places where God is spoken of as that of Savior. Uh, And likewise, uh, here in that of the New Testament. And uh, the reason why perhaps that God is spoken of here uh, as that of our Savior is, is that He's the one who made the plan. He's the one who planned it all. He's the one who, beloved, went into covenant with that of the Son and the Holy Spirit, for that of the salvation of a number which cannot, no man can number of the peoples of the earth, that they would be saved. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior. Think about the love of God our Savior. I have to think of that of that verse that we all know we learn from that of childhood perhaps, for God so loved the world. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The word appeared here, the idea of that of revelation. Perhaps the Apostle Paul, as he pinned that of these words, he was thinking about that of the appearance that was made to him uh, there upon the Damascus Road when Jesus revealed uh, himself unto him. You see, in salvation, there is a revelation that is made known unto us. The Lord Jesus reveals Himself unto us. He reveals Himself unto us as that of our Savior, as that of our sin-bearer. The One who is the One taking our place, paying that of our sin debt. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but, contrast, according to His mercy, He saved us. We have a, a contrast, and it's between that of the works of righteousness and that of His mercy. We weren't saved by, the work, by works of righteousness, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Paul tells us. Works of righteousness. What is meant by works of righteousness? Well, we could phrase it deeds of righteousness. We know it can't be by any works of righteousness as far as that of, that of us being saved. Because we know that being sinful as we are, that any work of righteousness that we would do is really not pleasing in the sight of God. There's, there's no work, there's no deed that we can do in order to save ourselves. Paul says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy. That word mercy is that of pity. Pity being shown to that of one who is in that of a miserable state. A terrible state. And as we look back upon that of the condition that Paul sets before us back in verse 3, we can see, beloved, that yes, it is a miserable state that we find ourselves in by that of nature, man. And yes, we need that of pity to be shown because we're helpless. There's absolutely nothing that we can do to deliver ourselves from that of our terrible state. Whereby that we would even be acceptable in any way with God. 
According to His mercy, He saved us. Whose mercy? God, our Savior. His mercy. Which is one that the psalmist speaks of over in Psalm 103. Let's turn there. Psalm 103. In verse 8 of Psalm 103, the psalmist, he says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. We're told the Lord is merciful. That is a fact. And then the psalmist goes on to tell us He is plenteous in this mercy. I think of what Paul wrote over in Ephesians chapter 2. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love or worthy love us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us and made us alive. According to His mercy, He saved us. He delivered us. He rescued us from that of our sinful state. From that of the penalty of our sins. And then he goes on to say, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which, that is the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. What is Paul speaking of here? He's speaking of that of what the Lord Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about. That of the new birth in John chapter 3. Being born from above. Being born anew. And beloved, that is indeed, that is what takes place when, beloved, we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. We come to know salvation. We're born from above. We are born anew. Our life is changed. We become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse 17, I believe it is. New creatures in Christ Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit a Holy Ghost that is the one that brings all of this about. This, this regeneration, this, this change. And you know, Paul speaks of that of the washing of regeneration. When we're changed, beloved, 
in that change beloved there is a change from that of us being filthy from that of our sin to that of being clean we're made clean beloved we're made clean through that of the new birth through that of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you know, it says, speaking of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. All blessings come to us through that of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse 7 he says that being justified by His grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We have that that again in the beginning of verse 7. What is that there for? What connection does it have? The phrase, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life, reaches back to that of what the Apostle Paul wrote earlier when he said, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. He saved us. That, or in order that, being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. God had a purpose in mind when He saved us. And here the Apostle Paul tells us of part of that purpose. It's not all of the purpose, but it's part of the purpose. And the part that he focuses in on is that we should be justified by His grace. Declared righteous by His grace. Now, let's just stop here and think for a moment. Last week as we spoke of the three tenses of salvation, we said there's the past, present, and future. The past tense of salvation is that of salvation from sin's penalty. The present tense of salvation is that of salvation from that of the power of sin, which is taking place presently in the lives of those who are living here uh, upon the earth. And then there's that future tense of salvation that speaks of that of our glorification where we'll be delivered completely from that of sin's presence. Now those three tenses, the first one, past tense of salvation, corresponds with that of justification. The second tense of, of salvation corresponds with that of sanctification. The third tense of salvation, that of deliverance from the presence of sin, corresponds with glorification. And so as we look here in that of our text, he says, He saved us that being justified
saying basically the same thing there, only we can expand upon it a little bit more. Being, ju- being justified, whereas we were unrighteous, now we are righteous in the sight of God. That being justified by His grace. In other words, this justification, this deliverance from that of sin's penalty, that of that acceptance before God. It's of God's grace. It's of God's favor. God, God didn't have to do this. That being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs, heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I don't let that uh, phrase hope of eternal life uh, disturb you. The Scriptures tells us that the one who has believed upon Jesus Christ, whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. The statement there tells us that the one who believes, he is in existence of eternal life. He has it right then and there. We who have believed in Jesus Christ right here tonight, we have eternal life. And yet, beloved, Paul here, he speaks of the hope, being heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Beloved, our eternal life is that of expectation yet out there in the future. And it's a sure one. It's a sure one because Jesus, who died for us, beloved, He's in heaven. He's the one who bore that of our sins in His body upon the tree. And beloved, He was buried and He rose again. And now He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And beloved, that is proof, beloved, that God accepted that of His sacrifice. And beloved, if God accepted Christ and His sacrifice, then we can be assured that we will be accepted in and through that of Jesus Christ. And just, beloved, as Jesus lived, as he says, because I live, ye shall live also. We're heirs to the hope of eternal life and all that is included in that, beloved. All of that of the eternal joys. So in summary, Paul calls upon us as Christians to be good citizens. He reminds us of our past. And then he reminds us of what God has done for us. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, how much we have to praise God for. For what he's done. Uh, let us stand and we'll have a closing hymn. <clears throat>
Sanchez Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Jesus' name. 